Oh, I recognize that face. You're in trouble, aren't you? Well, I'll take you out to the Outer Rim, but I don't think it's going to do you much good. Why? Well, there's a new bounty hunting group. You haven't heard? There's a two-faced Twi'lek and a pugilist droid. If I were you, I'd do my best to avoid the Salonian captain and the gandroid tech. Better watch your back or you're gonna get wrecked. The riding on the sky on fire. Heading to the edge of the empire. Your number's up and now you gotta pay. Running from the heroes of the Hadian way. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that normally explores published adventures set in the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG line. But tonight we have a special guest for a short Halloween adventure. Now here's our guest GM for this session. Hi everybody. You thought you got rid of me, but you didn't. You were like, yes, that loud guy's gone. And now he's back, being even louder and more in charge because I am Chris and I am the GM for this weird... Very weird adventure. I'm Ben, and I'm playing Venlena Sipal. The mist grew thicker, and Cav could no longer see K1's photoceptor. Never mind the path before Cav. And then Cav felt it. Hot air and a foul smell against the back of Cav's neck. This Gan froze. And then dared to turn around only for this Gan to find this Gan was face to face with the terrifying maul of the Zelo Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that was. <laughs> it was a it was a baby Zilla beast. Okay, well you know I this is probably ca- Cavalry Adventures, you know, just t- telling ghost stories. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Uh, I'm Brandon, and I'll be playing Barrowin unless we're actually meeting a Zillow beast, which I was not informed about. <laughs> <laughs> if that is the case, I think I'm going to go home. Don't worry, Barrowin. Cav has defeated the Zillow Beast before. Cav's the best. That isn't. That isn't true. So I'm picturing a Zillow Beast that's about two foot tall and plush. <laughs> this is when actually Cav has no idea what a Zillow Beast is. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, uh, I like electricity. <laughs> I'm Leslie, and though I recently was slain by a crate dragon, I have returned to play Billy for whatever fate I may face. While Barrowin sits calmly in the cockpit, typing into the computer, suddenly Vurin rounds the doorway. Cav wants the flamethrower! <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. But whose? Cav likes fire. Uh, yeah, so I'm David, and I'm playing Vurin, and hopefully Cav does not get a flamethrower tonight. Was well, there a reason I should not hand her one? Uh, <laughs> the ship has a no flamethrower rule for a reason. <laughs> Cav was the institute of that rule. <laughs> it has really put a crimp on my wok cooking. <laughs> the, the warning sign is actually a picture of Cav holding a flamethrower <laughs> with the circle and the line through it. Yeah, the rest of you can have a flamethrower like if you're <laughs> responsible with it. <laughs> Cav loved that flamethrower. Cav will never know another weapon like it. Well, uh, go ahead and roll some destiny. And while you're doing that, uh, I do want to put a couple of ground rules here. So I went a little weird on this adventure. 
And it occurs to me that I don't know you guys all that well. Uh, I know three of you kind of well and two of you not at all. So I would like to institute uh, the X card, which you may or may not be familiar with amongst the RP community. Uh, the X card is simply this. If I ever do something that you feel is making you very, very uncomfortable, you hit the X card. Of course, there is no card. So I want you to mash X on that keyboard in the chat. Whatever it is I am doing, I will pivot. Don't worry about me. I don't know if you've met my brother, but plans aren't really like a thing we do. So uh, I can, I don't worry about me like, oh, you're ruining my module. No, just like, I want you to be comfortable because I am doing some kind of odd things and I don't want to accidentally trigger anybody because that would mean I was a bad person. So I think it only means you're a bad person if you keep plunging forward after you've been told not to. Yes, this is true. But I just want to make sure that the the mechanism is in place and everyone is clear on it. Everyone cool? All good with me. I assume I can't claim to be triggered by a lot of failures and despairs, right? (laughs) I mean, you could try. (laughs) So our final pool ends up being three light side points and four dark side points. Bum, bum, bum. I'm sure nothing bad will happen with those. Now I got to remember that I'm using light side points. You unlock this hyperlane with the key of astrogation. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a galaxy of both shadow and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into... The Twidian Way. ba 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 Oh, glorious. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, who was it who asked me, or I think it was Nicole who asked me earlier if uh, if the Halloween episodes were canon or not. <laughs> and I, I said, know. I no. don't know. It depends on what Chris does to us. <laughs> okay. Insert echo effect, and it was all just a dream. No, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to channel my Rod Serling here. I'm trying to get it in here. Here we go. Hyperspace travel, a modern miracle in galactic flight, taken for granted by every sentient across the galaxy. Hurling ourselves into another dimension to cross light years within hours is as common to us as the water from a moisture evaporator. And yet, sometimes a ship doesn't make it to its intended destination. Outbound flight. The Katana fleet. The mystery of Ezra Bridger. We comfort ourselves by saying those ships were destroyed, or lost, or perhaps hidden away by people looking for a fresh start. But consider, if you will, an infinite universe running parallel to an infinite number of permutations— a universe where you were never born, beside a universe where you are the galactic emperor. Consider that perhaps those ships lost in hyperspace crossed over into one of those universes. Consider the sky on fire, a modest ship hurtling itself through hyperspace on their search for their next bounty, not knowing they've crossed into the Twidian Way. Barrowin, astrogation check. You have six seconds to fix this massive failure. It is uh, three purple, one red. Oh boy, I am not the astrogator. Uh, do you, do you want Cav's assistance? No, because Cav, you are too busy trying to fix the hyperdrive, which is about to explode. Okay. That is also three purple, one red mechanics check. Go. Well, I'm kind of impressed that I only had two threat for that. <laughs> I'm impressed that you have three blank dice. <laughs> Holy cow. Two advantages, one triumph. <laughs> <laughs> re, 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 re. Uh, you don't understand exactly, Barrow, and what is happening to your ship, but you are not landing or coming out of hyperspace where you thought it was supposed to. You've managed to mash down on the emergency controls and completely scramble your Navi computer, but... Thankfully, Cav has prevented the hyperdrive from completely exploding into a million bazillion pieces. <laughs> That's good. Get going, Cav. 
Cav is going to need some more space tape. Cav, I think I fixed the uh, Nava computer. I just, I just force quit whatever it was running. <laughs> Bear went no. It was all frozen up. <laughs> In the middle of the, the hyperlanes. And whoosh, the sky on fire is now reverted back to real space. It is a rough exit. You know, not like the fancy, like, oh, yay, now I'm just going slow. Uh, everyone around kind of gets tossled. I don't know, Verin or Billy, how you feel about getting tossled. Chuta! <laughs> oh dear. So, uh, you take a minute, Barrowin. Uh, what are you What are you doing up there in the cockpit? Uh, buckling in, presumably. So, as you buckle in, there is a signal on your uh, console. Beep beep beep. You are being hailed. Is there any indication uh, where it's coming from, or like what kind of band it's on? Sure. Uh, there's a giant ship in front of you. Oh, okay. Uh, one that, <laughs> that you've never seen before. <laughs> it is not. Um, it is not a make or a model familiar to you at all, but it's very pretty. It's very round, kind of a, like a, it's a, not a gray hull, but a bright white hull, uh, blue and red markings all around. It's very friendly. You did say don't uh, panic. Hello? Uh, hello? Is this guy on fire? Ye- yes. Wh- who are you? Do you still have Mr. Vurin Afa aboard? Probably. I- is this Barrowin? Yes. Is your ship okay? We are getting strange signals from it. Oh, my ship's never okay. I, I think we're all in one piece. Oh, okay, great, because we were getting worried you were getting so late. Uh, if you want to proceed to docking bay three, we can get you, uh, you know, get you into the party as soon as possible. Uh, but, but back up. What what are we late for? The party, you know, the grand the grand gladiator match. You are, you are hold, hold Barrowin of hold please, Verin. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? Uh, what are you doing to the ship? Did you tell somebody we were coming to a party? <laughs> a party? No, I was taking a nap. Was being the operative word. Cab is stuck. Cab could use some assistance. <sighs> I'm coming. Somehow Vurin has bed leku. <laughs> One of them's just like flopped over his face. And he's still in like silk pajamas when he comes out into the co- into the corridor. Wait, what pajamas? Silk pajamas. Oh, I heard Snoke, and I'm like, um... (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Viable, viable. Yeah, I mean... Snoke onesie sucks. It's what Snoke wears, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. He does wear silk pajamas. He's got purple silk pajamas on when he comes out into the hallway. The Snoke line. Snoke's origin story is that he's just a very frustrated clothier. Let's cut over for a second to Venlana Sipal. We don't really know anything about uh, Venlana Sipal. Who is she? What's she doing? Venlana Sipal is a uh, relatively tall Pantoran, and for those of you who don't know what a Pantoran is, a generally human-looking person, just blue, completely blue. Normal eyes, not red or glowing or anything Thrawn-like, just blue and Generally, they're also from an ice world, so, like, as Twi'leks are good with uh, heat, Pantorans are really good with cold. So, I'm figuring that Venlana is in sort of this rather elegant outfit, sort of long flowing robes, a bit, one might think of nobility with a headpiece that comes down into a point over her nose, and I'm assuming that she has booked passage on the sky on fire and is now, she had been in her 
bunk, like inner cabin, and is now opening the door and like, What is everyone doing? I mean, I booked passage on this. It was supposed to be a nice, simple point A to point B trip, but no. All of a sudden, the hyperdrive is going. Alarms are blaring. It's We've got everything under control, just um, figuring out a minor hiccup. Uh, point, um, I'm going to call it point G, conservatively, detour. I would suggest that you remain seated for as long as disruptions are occurring. It is most... Oh, dear. Oh, I left them on hold. Um... Who exactly did you leave on the hold? Do you want me to answer this? No, I've got it. Uh, hi. Again. <laughs> uh, yes, are you going to proceed to Docking Bay 3 anytime today, or are you going to wait? Vern, do you want to tell me what's going on here? Because they asked for you first. I've never heard that voice before in my life. How do they know my name? I don't even think I'm registered on this ship. I suppose we probably need to put down for repairs anyway. Um, okay, well, uh, we're just laying up a uh, landing vector. Um, we'll be right there. Okay, great. We'll bring out the nice welcome wagon. Bye! Swoop! Cav is still stuck. Coming! One thing at a time, Cav. Bi- Billy will arrive at some point and aid you in. <laughs> um. How did you do this? Uh, I, I'm figuring with uh, the whole situation, uh, basically, just part of the uh, part of the like engine room is sort of come down around Cav, and Cav is not a particularly uh, strong gan, and sort of sort of like, uh, but I think actually it's part of part of Cav's like um, like coveralls are just sort of like stuck under like a beam or something. Oh, see, I was picturing you actually wedged somewhere near the ceiling. <laughs> wedged near the ceiling? That w- that would be even better, because then you would get to like reach up with like your long, weird arms. I was thinking fused with the ship's hull in some kind of <laughs> unnerving... Uh, no, I, I haven't been slipped any covert notes by Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Barrowin will flow, throw a few uh, nondescript switches in the cockpit and lay in a landing vector. I guess Varen will actually go put his clothes on. Yes, yes. Please, please do that. As point of order, go ahead, Christine. Go ahead and pocket that triumph because there's not really anything to use it on right now. So you just keep that. Okay, so I, I have uh, a pocket triumph. Available. Don't worry. I know exactly what to use it on. I have no idea what to use it on. It's going to be glorious. Can I, can I request that it doesn't become a flamethrower, though? <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute, wait a minute. The rule is Cav can't have a flamethrower aboard. The sky is on fire. Ooh, technicalities. It's also not the name of the ship, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the sky on fire pulls into Docking Bay 3 on this very large, ornate ship. Again, you don't know what the heck it's from or what it is, but it's very nice. You land in a very spacious Docking Bay, and there is a full-on entourage waiting for you on the outside. Uh, the minute the, docking, the, the loading ramp goes down, there are a bunch of ho- uh, hollow cams hovering around, a couple of looks like reporters and uh, several security people trying to keep them back as if making a path for you. Kev has more fans than Kev thought. Kev has arrived. Wait, they said my name. <laughs> I like this place already. You said you didn't know them. Well, they clearly know me and that's good enough for me today. He's just going to strut out in front of them and start like bowing. So there is a reporter who has been let past the security group. Um, she is a... A uh, very attractive-looking Rodian, and she holds up her microphone, and the hollow cam gets in right in your face, Varen, and she says, "Hi there, my name is Melancholy Starlight from the uh, Alderanian Star, Mister Varen. What brings you to this 
gladiatorial fight today. Uh, wait, did you say? The gladiatorial fight. I, I assume since you're arriving with Billy's entourage that you must have some sort of vested interest. <laughs> Billy's entourage? Well, of course. I mean, if you have vested business interests you don't want to disclose, I understand. But um, who, who are you rooting for? Well, naturally, I, I can't go into the details of all that I have going on. You know, I'm a very of busy course. Twi'lek, and I have a lot of irons in the fire. Like but... behind Verin, Kavis were doing that thing people do sometimes on TV where they're trying to get in the frame. The <laughs> like is very short. So occasionally you just see a bit of purple carapace in the background. Well, um, who, who are you rooting for today? Oh, if I told you that, then, uh, well, let's just say a lot of things would have to happen oh, after course, that. Of course, of course. Uh, well, thank you for, for talking to us. Oh, and now, we ha- viewers, we have a very special treat. We have the one and only Cav with us here. <laughs> <laughs> and she bows sort of deferentially, like, oh, you're, you're a very honored, important person. Would you, would, do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share with our viewers tonight? Their, their mandibles split open, and, and that just really wide grin. And Cav is looking around at the cameras and everybody there. And uh, Cav says, uh, flamethrowers are really good weapons. I'm sure that (laughs) viewers across the galaxy tonight will be wondering what the deeper meaning is of that revelation. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom tonight. Is Cav some kind of guru? Oh my god. This being is welcome. Uh, Who's next coming down the ramp? Probably Barrowin. Yeah, probably (laughs) Barrowin. I figure Billy actually was hanging back to make sure Venmana was okay. At this point, she's doing more of a face paw right now, though. <laughs> um, uh, ho- hello, uh, Miss Miss Barrowin. Uh, I uh, 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 I see you today. Um, thanks. I- is there some sort of public meaning behind your your appearance tonight? This this is what I always wear. <laughs> uh, I just I, I don't mean your your clothing. I, I mean more um your your choice to be seen in public. Is there some sort of uh, symbolic gesture or, or political meaning you you wish to 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 spread out across the galaxy? Uh, r- right now, dis- despair maybe. I see. I think you have us confused with somebody else. I, I see. Okay. Um. Thank you for your, for your time. She makes like a cutting don't. motion at the camera, <laughs> like no, don't air this part. Barwin, these beings have heard of the crew. They clearly haven't. <laughs> the crew is famous. No, we aren't. <laughs> We've barely known each other for like three months. Well, the, the, not Barrowin and Cab. Barrowin and Cab have been on four successful hunts in several Lake Galaxy, I'm sure they just happen to know a crew <laughs> with a bunch of very similar names, and it would be wrong of us to, to just continue to pretend we're these other people. Barrowin, do you see the level of ritziness that is sending all around us? This is clearly an opportunity that we could get, uh, let's see, you know, Proper food, proper food. <laughs> the ship has been stocked with these reheatable meals for so long. They keep for a long time. Cap likes those. That's because that they're made of of ah deliciousness. Formulated protein. Well, the reporter did say that Cav was the one and only Cav, which is grossly inaccurate. See, that's my point. Who's next? Having heard what was going on with Verin, like overhearing, Venlena has gone through her wardrobe and has found, on account of the size difference between Billy and... Billy's not going to accept your garb. Billy has a coat. Uh, Yes, but it isn't going to look like a fighter's robe. I am not a fighter. I do not know what these people think. 
but they are clearly misinformed. Shouldn't we make it so that their suspicions are allayed, at least until we find out more? Should we not quell the opportunity for them to have further misconstruing information? But where's the opportunity in that? Think of it as a gamble. You speak to the wrong crew member. Oh, but I thought I was talking to the one who actually knew the odds. <laughs> oh my gosh, Billy's never been flattered. So who comes out next? Billy will take the stupid ropes. <laughs> so as Venlana and Billy are descending, the, the woman rushes straight up to Billy. Ah, it's the champ herself. How are you feeling today? I'm well. That is an excellent thing to hear. Uh, how do you respond to allegations that you are cheating in your combat victories? I do not cheat. And, and what about the allegations that the championship title prize in this particular venue has been funded by slaver money? That is an unfortunate allegation, one that should be investigated thoroughly. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Billy herself wants a deeper investigation to the funding source of this very championship match. Um, look, champ, how do you feel about your odds? The odds are ever-changing. Well, I am not supposed to say this, but we here at the Alderanian Star, we are completely rooting for you. Thank you for your time. And she walks away, and a concierge-looking dude, a, a Sullustin, with a bunch of other guards, comes by. They clear out the rest of the... Cav is pretty sure Alderaan is destroyed. Uh, they shuffle <laughs> away all the rest of the reporters, and they are talking to you directly, and they said... Uh, thank you for coming. We have uh, your private booth is available as selected. Would you like to attend the banquet beforehand? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Follow me. You exit the docking bay, you go through a concourse, and then you enter a, another circular room. This place is huge. It looks like an arena of sorts. In fact, there's definitely an arena in the center, but the most prominent feature at the moment is a very large ring of food that goes all the way around the arena. It is like an expensive Las Vegas-style buffet, as in each section is uh, with prime gourmet cuisine from different planets all across the galaxy, all ready to be sampled. Aha! Finally, someone who knows how to cook. See, Cav, this is exactly the sort of food that we should be having on board the Sky on Fire. Cav admits, it looks impressive. Cav is going to look for a plate. <laughs> or maybe a tray. <laughs> Or maybe a trolley. For once, I am 100% behind your idea. Billy, please tell me you have some idea of what's going on here. I would like to contemplate and perhaps listen from my booth? So that's a no then. Barrowin, would you roll a one purple resilience check? I got three successes and two threat. Nothing canceled at all. <laughs> on just two green dice and a purple, so I, uh... I think I've gotten more successes on resilience checks than all of my other kinds of checks combined in this game. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, I've only heard the publicly released episode, so I wasn't even sure, based upon the number of failures you had last time, whether the crew survived. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that you're still there's a re There's a reason why we're setting this beforehand, because we're not sure either. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> Oh, I, I was going to say, new theory, uh, we're in purgatory. Anyway, Maybe. Uh, with your successes... Does that mean there's going to be a smoke monster? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, so with your successes, you don't need to eat, but man, that looks really, really good. Like, really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barrowin will, will eat. Um, she will look at the concierge and, and say, I'm, I'm going to tell you one more time, we're not who you think we are. Does that make any difference to you? 
Don't worry, madam. We have taken very many precautions to make sure you are not found here tonight. Okay. Yes, I may as well enjoy it. She will uh, go and find whatever cab Everyone has to try this girl's pudding. <laughs> it's really good. Billy uh. will ask the concierge to take her to her booth, apparently. Okay, so while that's happening, um, everyone's getting food, starting to eat. A very slim, um, twi'lek woman with blue skin wearing a very smart business like business dangerous outfit uh walks straight up to Varen and grabs his elbow what do you think you are doing exactly uh at the moment i was selecting several cocktail what, shrimp what are you wearing is why are you wearing such cheap clothing well i i admit it's not exactly my best look not your but, best uh, look i've had some uh, you need to understand something very important here this deal means everything it's what we've been working up to for the last three years. May I remind you, since this is your deal? Well, uh, of course. Uh, we just had a little engine trouble on the way here. And, and you're uh, spending your time stuffing your face? Well, I have to look the part. Varen, you, you feel something in your head that you didn't recognize before. It's like a, a fuzzy recollection right at the edge of your memory. Like, if you just kind of leaned into it, maybe you would remember who this person was, even though you're pretty sure you've never seen her before. Well, she's very pretty, so I think I'll lean into that. <laughs> it suddenly Shameless. snaps into your mind that this is uh, Aril, A-R-I-L, your personal assistant and number two person for your company. You're not sure what that means, your company, but you are vaguely aware now that you have a company. You said she was my assistant? Yes, your, your assistant and number two, so she's like both. Okay. Well then, Iroh, why don't you run off and fetch me something that is more appropriate to wear, and I will change. I just It's not exactly what I was choosing to wear. He's actually kind of hurt at this because it was what he was choosing to wear. <laughs> he just doesn't have the funds to wear the kind of clothes that he's used to. She breathes tightly through her teeth and says, Very well, I will be right back. And marches off. Meanwhile... Wait, here, take a shrimp. She rolls her eyes <laughs> very obviously, and in a manner that you have a feeling... She is the only one that could get away with that. Although you're not exactly sure what that means either. <laughs> I am intrigued. Don't mind if Cab does. And Cab will take the shrimp. Cab is just walking through the scene. Locked up. Meanwhile, munch, munch, uh, Venlana, are you eating? I'm taking a little bit, but not trying a few dishes, but nothing substantial. Okay. While you're walking through, kind of picking up the buffet, uh, a very handsome Pantoran man walks up to you and says, Ah, so you're stuck being the assistant as well, hmm? At least for the moment. The winds shall change very shortly. Oh, a Pantoran with a eye to the future. I appreciate that sentiment quite a bit. Hello, my name is Simon, because I forgot to make up a name ahead of time. It's just Simon. <laughs> That's a lot of last name there. <laughs> and I am Benlana. You know, I couldn't help but notice... While they were playing your interviews on the uh, massive screens over there, that your compatriots seem a bit uh, confused. Well, this is all very new to them. I know you wouldn't think so, with one of them being a champion droid fighter, but they've been swept up in this whirlwind, and they just do not seem to understand what it is to be at this level. Um, can you give me a deception? With a blue, because that was a very good answer, but against two purple, one red. How suspicious. 
Hey, Ben, we're pulling for your role to succeed. <laughs> Which it does. Woo-hoo! Three success off of two yellow, two green, one blue, one red, and two purple. He nods. So I understand. So I understand. Are you busy for the moment? I find myself lacking a companion for dinner. Oh, I do think I should be able to nip away for a bit. If you would be so kind as to lead the way. Very, very good. And he offers an arm. And takes it. Great. So, uh, Billy. Yo. You've been led to a private booth. Normally there'd be food, but I mean, what the heck's the point of that? There are several, there is a toolkit though, which you look at and is, is a droid specialty kit. So it's like, oh, if you wanted to repair yourself while you're sitting here, I guess. As far as I know, I'm well-tuned, but, you know, I can always check a couple of the uh, joints. Billy, you feel like there's new subroutines somewhere inside your brain, like new new pieces of programming that you're not quite familiar with. It's like you could ignore it if you wanted, but if you just kind of leaned into it, it would suddenly unlock. She would be wanting to listen to what's going on around her, but if there's something tickling at her droid brain, she would definitely kind of poke around. And see what that was. I'm going to give you a choice. Internal diagnostics or armament check? I don't know how those would roll. You don't. You just pick one and I'll tell you some information. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with armament check because they're referring to me as a champion fighter. And I mean, it's not my scene, bro. You can't explain how, but you are suddenly aware that you have more weapons on you than you used to. In fact, you have weapons installed into your body. You are very aware now that you have a set of plasma knuckles. It does damage seven, crit one, sunder one, breach one, vicious two. The answer is going to be no, but they're cool. <laughs> I don't know. They're not flamethrowers. Inside your back, there's also a grenade launcher. What? I don't have the stats for that offhand, but you know, you you can find them pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> You're also very aware that for a grenade these launcher, these have look. been very heavily modified to be undetectable by any sort of internal, like uh, external scanner. Mm-hmm. Barrowin, resilience check two purple. Nope. Nope, still passing resilience checks. Never going to fail a resilience if check. If you want to eat, you can eat. If you don't, eh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. She she joined up the last time you made me roll. Okay, so you're still eating. Great, great. Yep. Cav, two Gand approach you from behind, and they're bowing very low. These Gand are very, very humbled to be in the presence of one such as you. Cav stops eating. Cav sets the plate of mishmashed food down on just another plate of mishmashed food <laughs> on the table Aww. and wipes calf's <laughs> hands on calf's shirt. <laughs> oh, shirt hello this this uh this gand is humbled um well, no, no, no 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 these gand are not worthy to be to be humbled by you saying this gand you must use your i pronoun please calf can't blink <laughs> but if calf could <laughs> excuse calf what, what what did this gand say or, or what did that gand say this Gan has come on behalf of a small collection of Gan who are here on this on this ship, and we wish, if you have time, to get a lesson from you. However, we we cannot accept you lowering yourself to call yourself this Gan. You must use your I pronoun. You have earned it amongst our people. You have done so much for us. Chris, have I felt any sort of like weird memory things like the other ones seem to? <laughs> you you sure do now. <laughs> okay. Like does that does that feel right then? Like oh yeah, of course I've earned first person well, pronoun. That depends on whether you want to lean into it or not. It's just like a fuzzy feeling at the back of your head. You can ignore it if you want. 
I don't think Ka- I, I think actually Cav is is resisting because Cav knows Cav has not earned that right. As much as as arrogant as Cav can be at times, I I think hmm. that that there would be resistance there. That makes sense. Uh, is that going to be a check or something then, or is it just nope. uh, okay? Uh, wh- what, what does that Gan think Cav has done? Oh, this Gan knows that you have done many deeds to accelerate the position of the Gan people amongst the galaxy. This Gan has been taught for many years that you are the one who has brought us out of obscurity and out of a place of of isolation and into the mainstream of the new galactic government. That doesn't sound like Cav. This Gan knows that your humility must also reach to the same depths and heights as your great accomplishments, but this Gan would still repeat their request. Would you come speak to a group of us Gan later? Yes, Cav will. We, these Gan are very, very grateful. And they hand you um, some information that doesn't really look familiar to you. Like, they're not the usual com frequency numbers that you're used to. But they scurry off. K1, Cav is no longer hungry. Cav wants to learn what these numbers are about. Uh, and Cav will kind of shuffle off with the... Uh, is it actual paperwork or is it like data work? Um, it's probably like a business card. Okay. Uh, well, uh, there's something bothering Cav about it. Cav is actually going to go like find a table, pull out Cav's data pad, and start to uh, try to solve that mystery because this is this is now starting to weird Cav out. So you go, you pull out your data pad. Oh yeah, your data pad is gone, but you pull out something else, a device you have never seen before in your entire life. It would essentially be a modern smartphone, but that kind of technology doesn't exist in Star Wars. It says at the top, it's called a Pacocom. Where did Cav get this? We cut to Venlana. Uh, Venlana <laughs> and Simon are sitting uh, cozied up in an upper level of this arena. Apparently, he doesn't have VIP seats like uh, Billy does. And uh, they're just kind of casually eating. And he goes, now, love, do you happen to consider yourself a philosophical type? From time to time, but not on any regular bent. Why do you ask? I find myself pondering very often lately the nature of duplicity. For example, each one of our lives is just a conglomeration of every single choice we make, and yet any small deviation in those choices could have resulted in a very different life, don't you think? Oh, most certainly. I know many of the choices that I've made may not have turned out wonderfully, but they have definitely led to some of the more interesting moments of my life. Precisely. And so I wondered to myself, what happens to those choices that are not taken? After all, we know so much about the galaxy and yet so little. Think about hyperspace for a minute. We use it all the time and yet no one can properly explain how it works. So very true. And the Force. I mean, the Force itself seems to break every rule that we believe in. So clearly energy must exists somewhere. The energy of our choices not taken must go somewhere else, mustn't they? One certainly might think so. I'm glad you're open to this line of thinking. Vorin, whoosh, she has returned with a very expensive suit. <laughs> ah, good choice. Uh, I'll be right back. And he sort of whips off to whatever the closest private room he can find to change into it very uh, eagerly. Yeah, as you're doing that, she follows you in and just shamelessly watches you change. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Perfect. Perrin doesn't exactly seem like the sort to be shy that much, so he just kind of give her a weird side eye look and then change. But he's just sort of like, don't you think it's a little bit late to be worrying about what how much I've seen? Don't you think? Uh, sure. Perrin's <laughs> uh, gonna just take the hint that something weird is going on here, but he's 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 already leaned into this idea because uh, he likes the idea of being in charge of a company. And everything that's happened so far has pretty much played right into his his interests. So he'll change into the suit, and uh, as he as he puts it on, you can almost see kind of some old confidence. Uh, it's, it's not like the way that Varen normally acts. Once he puts that suit on, like he remembers some of the good parts about his former life uh, as he stares at himself in the bathroom mirror. As long as he doesn't attach the word slavery. Yeah, he's he's selectively remembering parts of what he used to like about his life at this point. Uh, I mean, this is a dream. I mean, you've never worn anything fitted so perfectly. Egyptian pulling it off. (laughs) Yes, yes, you're very attractive. We all know. I'll do the finger guns (laughs) over it, Ira. What is wrong with you today? Listen, before we can... We want to get... Do you want to get the zeal done before or after the gladiatorium? Uh, I feel like we might want to do it before in case somebody loses a lot of money and gets... uh angry or at least less desirable very well then we we must go to inspect the merchandise right away of course uh you go ahead and lead the way it wouldn't be fine it wouldn't do for me to go first ahead of my own assistant she glares at you (laughs) you're really trying my patience today but very well follow me barrowin resilience three purple oh well uh, one failure and one threat. If you don't eat this entire chicken you see ahead of you right now, you feel like you're gonna die. Well, okay then. Uh, I will, uh, I'll grab an extra plate just, you know, for surface area. Oh no. As you're eating, you feel a sudden pain. Just general pain everywhere. It's like pain in your joints, pain in your shoulders and your hips and your your uh, your knees just pain all over uh, the place. If I'm if I'm not sitting down, I'll definitely sit down. All right, you have a seat. Are you sitting with Cav or where are you sitting? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, up until this chicken came into my life, I was uh, <laughs> I was probably keeping an eye on Cav to make sure that uh, Cav didn't get into some kind of trouble. But you know, Cav seemed like. Cav had things under control. Cav is busy uh, scrolling through the Paco com because Cav is is concerned. Like Cav is actually looking back through because Cav sends a lot of letters and stuff, trying to see like <laughs> if everything's uh, there normally. And then Cav looks over at Barrowin and asks, "Is Barrowin all right?" Uh, Barrowin doesn't look so good. Just a little achy, kinda. Well, Barrowin was banged around quite a lot when. The sky is on fire came out of hyperspace. Why aren't you stuffing your face right now? <laughs> Something weird happened to Cav. A group of Gand approached Cav and want Cav to speak to a, a group of Gand that are, are present. And this group of Gand seem to believe that um, Cav has earned the right to use first person pronoun. You, um... You, you don't think you have? I mean, this is kind of what you've been working towards, right? Cav may talk a big game, but Cav knows what Cav 
has done and hasn't done. And there's that cloud in your head again. Just, you could know. All you would have to do is just touch it. Uh, can I call for a discipline check on my own, on myself? Sure. Done it before. Do it. <laughs> Set your own difficulty. <laughs> How desperately do you want to have that first person pronoun? Oh, go with impossible. <laughs> oh. Five oh, purple no, and I, one destiny point. <laughs> I, I think it's really the curiosity that's getting to Cav more than than anything else. So I'm going to set this at uh, three purple, a hard check versus Cav's two yellow and one green discipline. A success, what? an advantage, and another triumph. Is that the exact same role as before? No. No, I had more successes and advantages oh, okay. before, I think. That would be really suspicious. Chris, you have to come to all our games now. <laughs> Oh, I was the lucky yeah, one. Yeah, the, the, the triumph machine is, is back again. Uh, I guess it was me all along. <laughs> Cav pushes that thought aside again uh, fairly forcefully uh, at the moment. Okay, so with the triumph, I will say that that's not going to bother you again until you want it to. Okay. So you know where it is. I don't know what sort of mental discipline Cav has, but apparently it's a lot. And uh, Cav has just sort of like sectioned it off in their mind and has decided if I want to address this, I will. If not, I'm focused on my my goal. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, yeah, Cav is more disciplined than Cav appears <laughs> to be. <laughs> um, as evidenced by the two ranks in discipline. Do you want any of this chicken? I'm not entirely sure that I still have an appetite. No, no Cav, Cav is, is not hungry. hungry. Really? You're not sure? Real resilience, four purple. <laughs> Apparently I'm... In great agony, but also hungry. Oh, well, maybe not. (laughs) One success and three threat. Oh, man, is this what happens when you roll this much threat? (laughs) I've rolled rolled threat on every roll that I've I've made tonight. (laughs) You're not necessarily hungry, but you really could go for some some sort of painkiller, like an aspirin, Star Wars aspirin. Cav, you don't happen to have um, any sedatives. Maybe some kind of Sedatives. topical analgesic. No. Cav starts, starts, starts like uh, patting Cav's coveralls and does pull off, pull out like. Uh, yeah, well, well, Cav does have, uh, have a pair of space ibuprofen. <laughs> That'll do. Picked up at a gas station. God only knows how long ago. Uh, yeah, Cav will go ahead and pass, uh, pass them over to you. And yeah, at least one of them has been in Cav's pocket long enough that like part of like the, the, the coating on it has sort of come off. Oh. Oh. Barrowin sort of <laughs> looks at it, Gross. shrugs, and then like folds them into a piece of chicken. Piece <laughs> of chicken without, <laughs> without too much chewing. I don't have a drink. I have chicken. I, my paws are full of... Uh, well, as as you're taking the chicken, that's when K1 sort of like <laughs> flies away for a moment, comes back very helpfully with a glass of water. Oh, thanks, thanks. Here you go, Captain. K1. Melana, your dinner with Simon has concluded, and you're now walking uh, around the promenade and the concourse, and you've somehow made it back to Billy's private booth, where Billy is, I guess, still marveling at her plasma fist. I'm just sort of thinking doing poses. No, Billy doesn't do poses. Billy's, if anything, she's kind of... She didn't want the robes. You talked her into him. She's she's literally like looking at her hands, kind of flexing her fingers and then rolling her fingers, kind of like, huh. Um, in the meantime, uh, so Venlana, you and Simon enter that booth. At the same time, Vasalison shows up and he's like, are you ready to begin the pre-matches before the main event? Before I go, may I have this evening's itinerary? Oh, of course. Here you go. 
There are three matches. It says the uh, the warm up match one, you versus it says something called Dire Stoats. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Matt. <laughs> I, I think those are like Salonian elite. Uh, round two. We don't is we don't you. speak of them. <laughs> They're exiled. <laughs> you versus the something called the Clone Clankers. And three, it says Mystery Match Extraordinaire for the championship belt. Is that what it actually says, Mystery Match Extraordinaire? Yes. May I ask, after the odds? You uh, you are assuming a GM knows how to create <laughs> odds for something like this. He does not. Let's just say, just... <laughs> let the odds ever be in your favor. <laughs> May I have a few more moments with my companion, and then I shall follow of you. Of course. You just push this button when you are ready to begin the match. Venlana. Yes? Have you found yourself in this place being part of a role which is not your normal? Oh, do you mean someone who isn't working their way up through a criminal organization? Most well, certainly not. They think I'm some sort of assistant. Maybe to uh, Vern? I think that's what the Twi'lek's name was. Yes, Vern. Would you be so kind as to do me a favor, as I feel I will be indisposed for some time? Oh, most certainly. How might I help you? If things go... What is the colloquial? Belly up. Or perhaps... Okay, guys, what's a, what's, what's a Star Wars fruit? Milleron? You could also just say pear, because they totally ate those in episode two. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now you made me think of that. I was going to say you should say, you should say <laughs> billy up. <laughs> and then a wink at the camera and roll credits <laughs> thanks folks that's the show uh, I'll just go with pear shaped then <laughs> if, if things are to go unfortunately wrong please ensure Vorin leaves yes most certainly I will take great pleasure in it to which she'll very visibly grin with an evil tint to her eye. Chris? Yes? Do I have a means of contacting my fellows? Uh, yeah, you have... Uh, you ha- you Into your subroutines is built a PacoCom. <laughs> please tell me in this in this universe how it works now. Is We all have a PacoCom, except for Vern still. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Vern's used to his assistant being the one to take his calls. I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It has a different but equally annoying ringtone stuck to this one. <laughs> he still doesn't know how to change it. She she doesn't trust Vern to make his own decisions anyway. Fair and reasonable. No. Um, so she'll she'll shoot a message to uh, Kev and Berwin saying something's up. Basically, keep an eye on Vern. I have to go fight Dire Stoats. Wish me luck. Cab texts back quickly. (laughs) (laughs) She has already hit the button and is going to face the stoats. I really hope it's the medication that made me hear most of those words. (laughs) Read. Read. It was a text. Cav read it to me because my eyes hurt now. (laughs) And I'm face down in chicken. (laughs) Everything hurts. (laughs) Burin, you were in Docking Bay 4, standing next to a very large Carillion Corvette that has been docked into this uh, into the ship. There is a Toydarian with a ridiculous hat and very fancy, fancy yes. vests fluttering in front of you, and he has crossed his arms and said, no, I'm not going to sell this to you. 
for the agreed upon price, I want at least four million. <laughs> well, someone brought a lot of optimism tonight. Oh, is that how you want to? Is that how you want to play it? You how you want to play it? Well, I wasn't aware it was common business practice to uh, not only imitate your business partner, but also to demand four million credits more than the agreed upon price at the moment of contact. Fine, let's let's do an opposed negotiation check. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a great idea. Wait, if he's trying to charge four million more than the agreed upon price, was it free? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Vorin's not really bucks. up on what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody up on what's they, happening right they now. They gave him cocktail shrimp and a pretty assistant, and he's just going with it. <laughs> All right, you have uh, a negotiation check against. Uh, Hmm, I'm going to say as I vamp for time, two purple, two red. Okay, well, this is a good time to reveal that Vorin has no ranks in negotiation. <laughs> and we're all surprised. Wait, are you sure? <laughs> because you feel, like, you feel like if you just leaned in a little more, that maybe you be a little better at negotiation. Just Ooh. a little more. Uh, I have no reason not to, so yeah, he'll lean in more. This has given him everything he wants so far. I want you to change your willpower to four. Ooh. And you now have Dead. four ranks in negotiation. Oh! Uh, willpower goes to four, or his presence oh. goes to well, four. they're both four. Go ahead and make them both four. <laughs> Why not? Wow! This is fantastic. Ah. Uh. Free ability, right? And he's never coming back. <laughs> Everything I ever wanted. Envy lost for him. <laughs> I have to roll up a new character, guys. And that's when Calf stunned another party <laughs> member. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, what is I, I think final I pool? A, uh, four yellows because of four ranks in presence and four ranks in uh, negotiation versus two purple and two red, right? Correct. Oh, Mr. David Pickering. Let's see how this All right. goes. Knowing me, I will still fail this. <laughs> oh, yeah. listeners, what did you get? All dice have canceled <laughs> oh out. Our new catchphrase, David. Oh, yeah. You are the best. <laughs> Why do you think I only ever GM'd it? The <laughs> Toydarian looks frustrated and goes, "Well, we can't exactly uh, proceed the story with that kind of rule, so uh, let's do it again." <laughs> <laughs> And this we'll toy is use, uh, this time. This time, second I'm going to point out there? to you that uh, I have the I have the goods, and I know for a fact that you're meeting with Bordega the Hut later. And if you don't get it from me, you're not gonna get it at all. I'm adding a black, unless you can think of a reason to take it away or to add your own blue. Because you feel so blasted confident in your fabulous new clothing. Ah, oh, well, with your pretty assistant. Well, well, we could we could argue. Well, I think I could spin this in that he, you know, he he's applying heat to Vorin, right, to get this setback. And if we really were to read into the rules, Twi'lex can ignore a setback caused by heat. <laughs> You're just gonna milk that for all your words. You know well, once it was pointed out to me, <laughs> it's a Halloween episode. I'm gonna take it. So yes, You're so good. All right, so three yellows, a setback, a uh, boost die. Yeah, did I say three? I have four typed here. Four yellows, two purples, two reds, a setback, and a boost. And... But you take out the setback. Oh. Uh, then I have three successes and two threat. <laughs> hey, you succeeded on a roll, And all David. it took was cheating! Not cheating. 
creative application. Right, make, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make the Toydarian back down. As you have so astutely pointed out, I am meeting with Bordega the Hut just after this, and unless you want to end up meeting with Bordega the Hut alongside me to explain exactly why Bordega is not getting what uh, gendered Bordega the Hut is once. That's your threat. <laughs> uh, then you're going to have to deal with me. Iro, bring him the bring in the money. Uh, fine, fine. But I am going to remember this forever. Good, because if you remember it, then you won't forget it. That wasn't what I meant to say, but we're going with it. <laughs> That's your other threat. Marin <laughs> is so cool. He was supposed he to be. He really was supposed like to that. be so cool. But then I had to play him. If you remember that, then you won't Marin <laughs> Appa. He was supposed to be so cool, you guys. He is cool. Believe you. It's it's like it's like when you're watching a play and everything is really obvious to the audience, but in the game, in the play itself, everything is totally subtle and textured. You know, we're just making it obvious <laughs> what's going on for the audience. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Tordarian leads you to the Karelian Corvette, opens up the hatch, you guys climb on, you head toward the cargo bay. And he says, it took me forever to get this quality. I hope you appreciate what I've done for you. And you see rows upon rows of human slaves. Oh, no. Thank you for listening to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find true updates on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. Uh, you can find me, Christine, on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, th, and night with a k. Uh, you can find me, Brandon, on Twitter at Blue of the Kin. And I'm Leslie at LeslieGS. I'm David at AKA Agent Shades, but apparently I've just been given word that if you want to talk to Vorin, you're going to have to go through his assistant as he no longer wants to talk to you peasants anymore. Uh, hey, you remember me. It's Chris from Silhouette Zero, the podcast. But also, it should be up by the time this episode is working. I really hope so. I'm going to feel really stupid. But if you have an Amazon Echo or you have the Alexa app on your phone, go over and say, hey, Alexa, play Escape to the Spice Wolf, and you can play Silhouette Zero, the game. Check what? it out. Let me know what you think at Sil Zero Chris. What? Yeah, I've been really excited about it, you guys. Um, you can tell my personal Twitter at IngDayDreams or just hit me up on all that stuff is at SilZeroPodcast.com. That's S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. We are all at TheHydeanWay.com, where you can find previous episodes and our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way. Our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, where you can find more episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. We're also on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can holocom us at heroes at com. And if you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash way. Or send us a calf at ko-fi.com slash way.